Tonight's going to be exciting. Welcome to the Speak to the Experience podcast. That's right. We officially have a name. I registered the domain. I just need to get everything set up so that we can start uploading to Spotify, Apple, and Google Play. I'm your host, Gavin. Uh, and with me, we have Brandon. Gigson. Cammy, Hi. And Mitch. How's it going, guys? Tonight, we're going to be talking about talent hard work, and speaking to the experience. Ooh. Yeah, uh, just like our name. So I want to start off tonight with a story. And this is something that I came across the other day, and it just hit, you know? Okay. So there was an art student, and he was the kind of art student that thought he could see through it all. Why is Picasso so famous? I could paint that. And he says all this without picking up a brush even without Mm. trying to paint like Picasso. And then when he finally does try, everything he makes is so mediocre. So he goes into his art class one day, and he's sitting next to this girl, and he looks over at her sketchbook, and wow. He says, your work is amazing. You are so talented. Now think about that for a second. Talented. See, talent is a natural aptitude or skill. But what he doesn't see is the time and the effort that was needed to reach the success of where she was. All too often, we, uh, we miss the sacrifices and hardships that we have to overcome and simplify them or even neglect them into distilling it into just being talented. So that's what I want to talk about tonight. And to do that, my first question actually goes to Cammy. It's a bit of a deep oh. question. So if it's a little too much, let me know. And I have a, a backup for you. Okay. So what is something that you've struggled with that you conquered that nobody who met you today would know you even struggled with? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, mm, I mean... Hmm. How about how about this instead? What is something that you worked really hard for that you finally achieved? Tell us a story about that time or uh, how it felt when you finally achieved that. When I guess I could for both of those questions, getting a relationship and like being able to hold it and not just being in the hookup culture thing. All right. Something that I worked really hard for, like I. I, uh, I tried really hard, did lots of things. What's interesting is that it kind of happened accidentally, though. Like, I had no, I seemed to have no say in it, which was frustrating. But, like, I, I don't know. I spent a lot of time thinking about how to, the reason that I spent all that time doing research on how to maintain relationships and things, because I was like, if I get in a relationship, I need to make sure that I can, like, keep it going because I am terrible at them. Like, I'm literally a sex addict. I, I'm afraid of using Grinder because I'm like, if I use it, it'll become a daily thing and I'll be right back where I was. So um, 
I struggle with that a lot, but the, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, uh, that I've been successful. The, as far as feeling like I'm in a relationship now and I think everything's stable, but, um, it doesn't feel like I thought it would, like I got there and I'm like, okay, I have it. And I, and I in love with it and it's fantastic, but I was working really hard for something that didn't actually exist. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's not what you expect when you get there. That's been the case for most of the things in my life though, like programming. I started out as a kid because I wanted to be a hacker and I was a hacker for a little while. Um, and then like kind of got old, but like, you know, you, you get the actual skill to do stuff and you realize, oh, this is actually pretty mundane. It's not cool. It's not yeah. interesting. So like, I've been called talented uh, with a lot of things because I get invested in them, like doing the podcast editing and stuff, but I don't really feel talented. I don't know. Exactly. And I, I have to say, I love that answer where even if it, it doesn't feel like much, because you're still trying to figure out relationships. Uh, the fact that you decided to put in the effort and work behind it, it says a lot, honestly. Um, and maybe relationships is something that comes easy for some people. I know for me, I struggle sometimes, uh, but you can't compare yourself to other people. You have to compare yourself to who you were before. Wow. Uh, I, I really like that answer that you gave Cammy. And honestly, uh, for me, the name of the podcast speaking to the experience or speak to the experience. What that means is speaking simultaneously to who you are today and who you will become tomorrow. And the experience is the discomfort and the growth in between those two. That's interesting. I like that as a concept. Yeah. I love it. And, and just like, just like you, the reason why uh, Mitch and I had started the project like many, many years ago that we were working on is for that same reason, where we were at a certain place in our lives that we, we didn't really like who we were, and we knew that we could become better. But to do that, you had to put the effort behind it. And in doing that, we learned a lot about ourselves. We learned a lot about other people. Uh, I specifically learned like vulnerability and relatability, which were empathy, rapport. These are all things that I used to struggle with. Um, and now, I mean, I have groups of friends that knew me from then and groups of friends that know me uh, today. And they have two very different versions of me in their minds. And it's just amazing. So that brings me to the second question, which goes to Brandon. Ooh, yes, sir. What is something that has came so easily for you that you never had to work for? Mm, let's see. Well, I think what it is, is I put a lot, a lot of work into it throughout my life. So when I started using it, it was already there. So I felt effortless. And that is being outgoing. Or just like talking to people. Oh, absolutely. That is you to a T. <laughs> I just always have this like initial like 
like intrigue to go like oh that person just sitting there and if i see something i like it's like oh i'm gonna find out more about it and i just go and talk to one and i don't feel as some people tell me it's like this this butterflies like don't you get butterflies when you talk to people no i get butterflies when i'm by myself like that feeling of uh anxiety doesn't come when i'm with others it comes when i'm alone so me talking to others actually helps take my butterflies away. So if you think about it like that, that's why it becomes so easy for me. Because when you sit by yourself and you're like, oh, this is nice. Or I sit by myself. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. And when you go and talk to someone, you're like, oh, I don't know. This this situation might be kind of weird. And I'm like, oh, yes, someone else here. Oh, my God. What, what do I want to talk about? Like, oh, you got purple hair? Oh yeah, it's my favorite color. Or it's like, oh, that necklace. Where you got that from? You know, just just something to get you in the door. I've never like so like you have the like opposite problem of I feel like most people, but like it's an alien idea that you would like get butterflies feeling a, with no one there. I don't know. I can intellectually understand it, but like it just seems like an alien concept. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm actually with Brandon there. I feel, I mean, I'm content being alone. There are times where, mm. and, and of lately, uh, it's kind of funny. We talked about it. We, we talk about empathy fatigue and Brandon there. Oh, I want to watch, uh, the last dance with you. And I think, and Mark wants to watch it with me too. Um, because there's a scene in there that I want you to see, just like I did with Marvelous Miss Maisel that has to do with fame. And at what point would you, not want because my my sir you you at one point were in a batman costume and said all right screw this i'm going inside even if that four-year-old wants to say hi to me because i'm in a hundred and what is it 32 degree heat in this like in arizona heat like i gotta go inside like at some point you you have to turn your i wouldn't say turn your back but at some point you have to like you know so but i but you're so but it's so right like i um you are you're mr get excited guy you know you're you're that's you man and i can what totally this batman story what oh okay so, so for oh yeah why don't you tell it <laughs> so what it is is um this is my first time wearing a rubberized batman suit so there's it's obviously gonna be yes <laughs> it's full on rubber obviously there's gonna be some mistakes made mistake number one is to wear it. <laughs> oh my god. That wasn't the oh. first mistake. The first mistake was to wear it, sir, and then walk three blocks. What is wrong well, with so you? The, the first mistake was to wear it from home Yay. all the way there. Yeah. Yeah. That, was, that was mistake that was, number one. Yep. So, we, this is the first time. I know so. he wanted to stick his head out the window and be like, I'm Batman. I knew you wanted to do it. <laughs> so, I, I wanted to like have that feel as we go in there you know being uh -huh. the Batman suit and you know was it worth it? hindsight's 2020 <laughs> so like inside your house feels great with the yeah. AC mm -hmm. but you don't know how much walking you'll need to do from the car mm -hmm. which has AC mm -hmm. to the convention center which uh -huh. has AC but there's this gap in between and line usually and Yes. Oh, actually, no, there wasn't a line. But but the gap was actually the, the, the most time they take to get there. Mm -hmm. And 
I knew people would be like, oh my God, it's Batman. And then, of course, Mitch was Joker. So there's Batman and Joker together. They're like, oh my God, pictures of the two. So there's a lot of people who wants pictures between us going there. And what is it? Like, as you mentioned, three blocks. Doesn't sound far, but when you get stopped every, like, couple minutes for pictures oh my and god it was the- yeah it well it was the first time i ever real fast it was the first time i've ever felt like a celebrity like you get stopped every like five seconds and oh can i get a picture oh my god that's so cool oh my god and, and okay so i'm not getting to the convention oh center my god and it's so funny because oh it was insane it was I'm, absolutely insane that year yeah i'm not that bad like i've i'm wearing makeup i've got like my long hair that i grew my hair out that time and then i'm wearing a uh like an actual suit so it was actually the heath ledger's uh full yes. joker outfit it's a suit with an actual purple trench coat over it yes so it's so i'm pretty hot too but i can actually take the coat off and i still look like the joker stuff right it's like you son of a bitch there's no taking off the, uh, <laughs> the suit there's no taking off the suit oh my, easily. My, my man he learned a great lesson that day yes. every five seconds oh my god and he's just well, like oh that was like when we got closer in there well, once picture. you get like to the herd everyone wants pictures yeah so but so, for, oh, for the listeners i just kind of want to chime in real quick for the listeners imagine this six foot six big yes. tall hawaiian dude full batman costume next to keith ledger joker and then mitch how tall are you you're like six five six four no uh, six three i'm, I'm six two what six two yeah i'm six, oh, six two so you yeah. got two tall guys batman and his arch nemesis right next to each other walking through comic-con of course you're gonna take a picture oh dude oh and we my had God. the perfect uh we had the perfect pose for it Oh yeah, yeah. Well, here, real fast. I understood the psychology of it because we we would. There was a point where we were just gazing and seeing people's costumes, right? If you see one costume, you're like, "That's really cool." But if you see a collection of people together and it goes together, then you're like, "I got to get a picture. I at least got to get a picture of them, or at least get a picture with them." And then you get stopped all the time because my Joker, not to hence, but that was the best Joker there. That's what everybody told me. And then Brandon's, he looked like Batman. But he's six six. So you can't miss the dude. Like his his ears go higher than that. So he's like six yeah. ten. You just can't miss him. So every kid in, a, in in that entire con was just like Batman. There was a line out the door. It was ridiculous. We had our pose. We had our pose. I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. Yeah. So the, the the pose was I would put my arms either around his neck or on his like the cuffs of his. Uh, no, you're choking me. You're choking me. Okay. Yeah, you're so, choking me. And then you will lift your uh, feet off the ground, so it looks like I'm choking you in the air. Yeah, like and he's ho- like he's holding me up. Like, I, I how did you lift your feet off the ground? So basically, yeah, I'm on my tippy toes. Yeah, so like it looks like he's I'm uh hanging kind of because Brandon's yeah, pretty strong. Yeah. Brandon's pretty strong, but I also yeah. grabbed onto his. So imagine. So you're choking somebody, right? Yeah. And imagine their arms like are on your forearms to yes. kind of help with like uh, with like balance, weight. almost like weight, yeah. almost like a pull up. I'm using yeah. like, almost like a pull up. And then I would just pull up myself to where I'm like on my tippy toes and then my hair kind of get dangles to where it looks like he's literally holding me up like and he's trying to choke me out. So Brian had a really good like mean face. He's always like, oh, 
So it started off as like nonchalant, like mmm. But as we, as it gets harder and harder, my face goes <laughs> like it gets meaner. And I'm the Joker, and so I'm la- I have to laugh. That's the whole thing because I'm nuts, right? I'm the Joker, so I'm like laughing at his like discomfort. But then it's funny because Brandon gets stuck. We'll get stuck taking pictures because at first he's like, "All right, is everybody done?" And then more people are like, "No, no, no, stay there, stay there. We want more pictures." And so, so Brandon stand there for two. Minutes. <laughs> holding me up and also getting some because we're outside still. And so he's just like sitting there going, and eventually he's literally like, oh, I just get yeah, in character and I'm laughing at him because he's now, I'm just, uh, it's a hilarious situation. So I'm really laughing. So now we're really getting into character. Oh, that was great. It was awesome. So. But the the main story was we just get there. I can feel the AC from the building, and I'm like dedicated. Like, nope, I'm gonna go straight inside, cool off because it's hot. Right before I get uh, like start walking the building, I hear from a distance, Batman, and I look. It was to my left. I look and I see his little boy running toward me, waving his hand, and he's like, Batman! And he can see I made eye contact with him. I looked directly into his eyes. And I was like, Little Brandon. I just walked straight in and it felt amazing. (laughs) So, punch a child, be like, Yeah. So you I know, remember telling This is how you get super villains, Brandon. Yeah. This is how you get super villains. I never how you get super villains. I never told you this. I never told you this, Brandon. But an hour later that boy came to me. He gave me a hug and a handshake and a nod and he walked away. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? I remember talking to Mitch and he said, You just made a, a Joker fan that day. He looked into his soul and said, Nope. Walk around with a chalkboard. One point for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, but oh, uh, yeah. Note to self: regardless how how you think it's gonna feel, if it's hot outside, put it in the bag, go inside, <laughs> and then put the suit on. You're gonna feel so much better. How easy was it to get that suit on and off? Not easy. No, it's not easy. No. I'm just trying to imagine you do the whole Superman routine with your Batman costume in a a public stall, like just trying to get dressed. No, yeah. I I have a black underlining, so I I have like a a base clothes. Oh yeah, so, so you wouldn't be walking around naked then. Got it. Yeah, I mean, they'll be like, well, I have my undershorts and undershirt underneath, but then I have the black, like, uh, tights underneath. Yeah, and it's then, not only is it rubber, it's also layers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then oh, Shan geez. would put, strap all the the rubber on top of that. And it is like two, it's like an undersection and an oversection. So it's two sets of rubber. And yeah. then, yeah. Yeah. So keep, it, keep an eye on the names. Oh, but it's, so my, but, it's, but it's usually so like ex, you know, hey, and, oh, and you just you see Brandon <laughs> sitting in the car and he's sweating his ass off of your Brandon. Are you okay? And he's like, no, <laughs> I just lost ten pounds today. <laughs> he looks so but, hot, uh, and so miserable. Uh, <laughs> my, my fiance has to be the one that put, actually puts it on me because I I can't do it myself. I like how she, I like how she's your squire. Yeah, like, help me with my strap, squire. Yeah. Nah, like shout out to her though because she's yeah. she was fantastic that week. 
she also dressed up as Wild Style. So it's Batman and Wild Style. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Forgot about that. So not a lot of people got it, but those that got it went kind of nuts. <laughs> it's Batman and Wild Style from Lego Movie. So mostly anyone who dressed as Unikitty, all the Unikitties came and found us, which. Uh, my fiance was super excited because she also likes Unikitty. So, like, all these Unikitties would come up. They're like, Wild Style! <laughs> so, Man, fun weekend. You know, you know, like, every so often, if you go to Comic-Con too often, it becomes boring. But if you go, like, every other year or so, like, it, you just get to keep these amazing stories. Agreed. Yeah, that was, oh, my God, that story's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, what was the question? Because I think you asked Brian the question. <laughs> and then we were about, but it is a good story. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the question was, uh, what's something that came so easily that you've never had to work for? And Brandon said mm. being outgoing. Mm. But I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper into that because Brandon, why do you think that being outgoing came so easy to you? I know that we've mentioned before, like there's probably been a lot of influence from your dad. Um. Oh. But I, I want to get a better idea from you. Like, what are your thoughts? It, I had an interesting or unique childhood where because of like last week, how I drive my mom nuts all during the week as supplement, my dad would take me out to work with him on the weekends. So at least she would have the weekend off from my tyranny. And... So I got to go to work with my dad a lot, and I got to see how he interacts with his coworkers, with his uh, cl- uh, with the clients, uh, the homeowners, and then you know when we go out to get food, interact with of uh, those people as well. So watching him work and talking to a lot of people, and. I do believe my dad also like helped me get into conversations. So just having a lot of communication going on on my weekends, every weekend, pretty much of my life and all my summers, because I spent summers working with my father as well. That just helped encourage me to enjoy talking to other people. Just like an immersion kind of thing. Where yeah. In. Yeah. No, that sounds okay. amazing, actually. So... Because my dad's always talking to random people, and you know he always brings me in, and then you know we start talking all together, and then that just helps me build intrigues and wanting to know other people, you know, or see you know, you start to pick up signs where people maybe need help, or you know different things, and you go and assist with those things. Maybe like you know people helping help need carrying stuff or reaching high stuff, like. My fiance really enjoys it that anytime I do like innately see struggling, I always offer to go get the, the thing they need. So, cause no one ever says, don't help me. Or at least not to my face so far. No, I don't need the cookies on the top shelf. <laughs> like, do you need help? No, actually, I shouldn't be eating those anyway. Exactly. So, I love but, that yeah. though. I love that. Yeah, you no, said I love that. it too. I love that you said that. Um, and, and I can actually speak to the experience about this is that you, I like how he, the farther and farther you, uh, and got more and more, um, exposed to conversation, even in random conversations, it, I like how you even said that it started to help you open up pathways of how to start conversations, what to look for, how to, how to, how to see signs. Um, 
And we had to, I remember that little story about me and Gavin, how we had to, how to go out and learn how to uh, uh, build a curiosity. And so it's like, Hey, we did it as an exercise, but you as a child were around and got to get exposed to that a lot. And that made you go be able to go up and just randomly go, just like you said, uh, I don't even know if we were recording it at that time, but that point where you said, uh, Oh, purple hair, like that's my favorite color. Boom. There's the first thing. And and that's all you needed. Boom. And then you have so much confidence in talking with people because you saw your dad do it so much and you can see all the reactions. You probably even saw some bad ones, but you even saw how your dad reacted to it. And so you're just like, Oh, so that's how you react to it. And then you just use that later. Just like, okay, when that person goes, you know, uh, F off or whatever. You're just like, Oh, okay, well have a great day. Cause you saw your dad do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're just like, okay, it's like, you saw your dad, like take that with a, with a, with a brave face. So you just yeah. see me, me and me and Gavin, we didn't get that when we were younger or yeah. at least we had, we, I mean, I guess I was always still a little shy because I always talk about how Gavin is uh I'm Tommy pickles and, and Gavin is my Chucky where I, got a little bit more of a spine when he was around because Gavin was always the first one in, right? Going out there, he'd always, that's why I say Gavin has a lot of courage. So um, he would always be the first one to be like, you know, hey man, we got to get this done. And if it's got to get done, then somebody's got to do it. So I'll be the first one in and he'd always do it. And he'd just kind of test the waters for me. I'd see somebody react nice to him and I'm like, oh, that's fine. And then I'd get in my rocket ship and then he couldn't get me down for six hours. Um, And so... That's not an exaggeration, by the way. <laughs> it was usually about six hours, you like four me- to six hours. And then if you give them coffee, it's 12. <laughs> but, I, but I love that, man. I love that you are, you learned something that we learned later that we had to learn a little bit more as adults, but you learned very young. And that's why it's been so great. And we've actually learned a lot from you, too, because the genuine aspect, we learned a lot from who is the most social guy that we know is Mr. Get Excited is Brandon. Mm-hmm. So you're still teaching your, your dad. I think it's great, man. How like your dad who taught you is then teaching your friends. And then in that is teaching others. Like it's just, it's just spanning even past his own family and into other generations, man. Your dad, your dad has definitely left his mark here on the world already. And that goes right back to uh, Brandon's wish of a good life is being able to pass things down to your kids or to the next generation, the next line of you. And so that just kind of, ties in full circle agreed but yeah so. it was it, it was interesting too because when mitch and i were doing that experiment it was basically um we were trying to become better versions of ourselves and so to do that you have to go through uh you have to go outside of your comfort zone and so one of the things that we struggled with was talking to people and that's where we said all right you know what step one talk to a hundred random people. You can go up, you say, hi, they can talk to you, which is great. Or they can tell you to jump off a bridge, which is okay too, because it's about you. It's about that growth. And it's funny because before we started, we both had our own like understanding of the world and fears about, oh, well, if I go and talk to some random person and they're going to tell me to jump off a bridge or why are you talking to me? And then as we did more and more of it, we learned that that's probably one or two out of every 20. Like it's a ridiculously low number, but if all confidence is, is social confidence. And if you've not been exposed to it, then you're just not aware. And so that leads to you being unconfident. 
But by putting yourself day in, day out, going and trying the things that scare you, you realize that you're not, the world's not that scary. And it's not as hard to to do the things that you want to do. It's just that you've grown up in an environment where you've been told that you can't do it. There's a story, and I've probably said it on here before, but I'll say it again, uh, that, that really illustrates this message. And it was basically this guy was walking around a circus and he saw an elephant with a rope tied around its leg. And looking at the size of the elephant and the size of the rope, he's like, if that elephant sneezes wrong, he's going to break that rope. So he talks to the caretaker and he's saying like, hey, how does this tiny little rope like keep this elephant in place? And he says, oh, well, we start them out when they're really little. and We have that same rope around their leg. And then as they get bigger, uh, because when they were really little, they couldn't break off the rope. But as they get bigger, they have ingrained into their mind, oh, I just can't do it. I can't do it. And then even though they've grown past a point where they can easily break the rope, they still have that holding them back. I can't do it. And so they don't even try. And I think that that's very illustrative of like how we are when we grow up. Because a lot of the, uh, a, a lot of the like, confidence that we have or a lot of the moral decisions that we have or a lot of the ideas that we have about ourselves started about six years old. You talk to a four-year-old or a five-year-old and you'd be like, who's the strongest? Me. Who's the smartest? Me. Who's the fastest? Me. You get into like first or second grade, who's the smartest? Her. Who's the fastest? Him. Who's the strongest? Him. And it's, it's just something that we wind up growing up, understanding our own place in the world. And we kind of file ourselves into this hierarchy and we stay there. And because it takes uh, a lifetime of conditioning to get into that place, it takes a lifetime of conditioning to break out of it. You know what's interesting in that is that uh, I've always been told I was smart ever since I was a kid. And when I went to college, I was still the smartest people I, everyone knew mm-hmm. uh, or one of them. And it, it, I, I kind of got desensitized to it. Like I have no, a lot of people put a lot of value into intelligence and I just have no value for it at all. I'm just like, intelligence is actually kind of useless because like, where does it got me? Like, yeah, I might know how to like piece together code and an actual program and equation or develop a brand new type of way of doing something. But I mean, it's not gotten me anywhere uh, because I don't want things that are related to that. And honestly, intelligence is overrated in my opinion. And I don't know. I've just been desensitized to, to it because I've always had it. Oh my God. I, yeah. And I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like I got a master's in computer science and I work. It's a nice field, uh, cybersecurity, but honestly, I'm just waiting for like some 14 year old kid that did like learn to code online, makes a Tinder for cats and starts a company with a $14 million valuation. Right. Like, what the hell? It's <laughs> like, what was all that years for? Like, what is my intelligence even useful for? It's kind yeah. of overrated. So I, I had, I had a, a something to struggle with this because I was wondering, because I, I would say the same thing um, with, uh, with Cami and, and agree to say like intelligence, absolutely. But I can also agree um, where you don't value it as much because you're like, I, well, maybe because it comes naturally to you, but also you can also look at it going like, what has it got me? Um mm-hmm. And the one thing that I know that I could say, I actually want to know, what do you guys think that is, a, is one of my talents? 
I, I actually wanted to get a pan and said, and then I wanted to say one thing that I was actually good at. What do we think is one of your talents? Yeah. I don't know if it's a talent. It feels more like an obsession, but like you can't handle silence. So you're really good at talking. I, it's almost oh my, a talent, no, I guess. I can't say anything about that. I don't like silence either. Yeah, but <laughs> um, you don't talk like Mitch. Like Mitch, Mitch cannot, like as soon as the silence happens, he'll just take over the conversation and say, you know what? I don't care what anyone's going to say. I'm just going to keep going because I need this to, yeah, like, it's almost like a, I don't, I don't, that sounds really mean now that I'm saying it out loud. But <laughs> I don't mean it in a mean way. Actually, you know what? I, Cam, I had to think about that too, um, real fast. And then somebody keep me on track to what we were talking about because somebody grabbed that real fast. I got you. Got, you got it. Okay, cool. Um, one, it was one of the workshops that I was doing when I was in, and uh, there there was a few times where uh, the person was leading the class. A lot of times, they, it was their new like debut. It was their first time leading a class because, like, a lot of times. That was something big was that you uh, you were so uh, determined to help everybody that you would lead a class. And then it was a really great honor to, that there, you were chosen to do it. So um, so and I've done it before. And then I got to pass the torch to somebody else. Well, there was a couple of times where guys passed me the torch to talk kind of like, hey, I'm kind of stumbling here. Could you uh, could you help me out? And I remember. Not. Being like, I, I dropped the ball. Like it would almost like, hey, M hey, Mitch, can you say, you know, that really cool stuff that you always say? And then all of a sudden I grab it and I'm like, and uh, I don't deliver. Or I was like, I wasn't on point or wasn't really paying attention because I was more paying attention to him and doing what he, his class, I didn't know he was actually going to pass it to me. And so there's a few times where I felt like, oh, crap, what am I really good at? Like speaking, you know, and, and feeling that silence or like, keeping everybody's attention over here real fast. while my buddy figures out what next thing he's going to say so then he can get back on track again. Like what? And I guess, I guess now when I hear silence, I'm like, Oh shit. And I hear that. And I'm like, Oh, there's that feeling again of like, I dropped the ball. Let me jump back in there. And Oh, Hey, Hey, hey no, over here. Nobody saw Gavin drop his, his fishbowl over there. All right. Hey, everybody over here. And then Gavin's like, all right, we're good now. We're good. And I'm like, sweet, sweet. All right. Everybody back to the magic show. <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed it too, like even in this podcast when I'm doing the editing and I was like, oh, I just realized that Mitch talked for like three minutes straight about some random topic until he came up with an answer and then he started the answer. So I, I was able to just cut that three minutes of like rambling out, but you just like talked through while you were thinking. And I don't know how you do that, to be honest, because I can't talk and think deeply at the same time, but. I anyway, do that sorry. all the time because I'm an extrovert. I talk to think like exactly <laughs> like I have to hear it out loud. And sometimes I have to I it, sometimes everybody's like, Mitch, you're a really good conversationalist. It's like, well, no shit. I've had this conversation 10 times before I got here. <laughs> I know all my answers. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's kind of how it was for me, like on this podcast. I've been thinking about it since Sunday just oh, different wow. things. And like, I, I didn't have a topic until uh, about an hour and a half before we started recording, but it was because I was thinking about things throughout the week as not just podcast topics, but just in general and for myself. And mm -hmm. that's usually what I do really well when I'm hosting is the topics that I have are usually like 15 minutes uh, before we start recording, but they wind up being really good because the topics that I pick are, Hey, this is something that's been on my mind for the last week, week and a half. Like, I want to talk about it and I want to see what you guys think. Let me rope you into these conversations. No, that's I think good. That's, 
Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. I also think that's what makes us different. Like as a podcast, is that we talk about our struggles, we talk about our trials, our tribulations, and sometimes often embarrassing stories that turned us into who <laughs> we are. Um, Bannister story. Yeah, no, exactly. Like if you want to talk about how to get stuck on a banister for 10 minutes, because there's a girl that wants you, wants you to ask for a number, but you can't, and you know this, but you oh, can't muster you up the this? courage yeah. to oh, actually yeah. go and talk to her. Yeah, she was really that's, cute. She was really that's, cute. And that's how I got stuck on that banister. Cause it was, uh, it was actually two girls. They were sisters. Mm-hmm. They were, uh, in from out of town over summer vacation. This is back when I was in grad school and Mitch and I were going out fairly regularly. And uh, we were talking, we were kind of having an okay conversation, but Mitch asked the one sister for her number and you could see the other sister just so upset. Why isn't anybody asking for my number? And we left. Yeah. And so, so Mitch is, Mitch was pushing me into Gavin, you, you got to ask for a number. You got to ask for a number. I was like, oh, shit. I don't know if I'm ready for this. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. They were both gorgeous. Oh, they were both gorgeous. Okay. Don't get me wrong. But it was just, I wasn't there. I wasn't able to, to do that. It's the, the elephant story all over again. It was like, I just had a lifetime of conditioning of like, I am bad at this. And so when it's time to, you know, batter up, you're up at plate and you're like, I'm just bad at this. Like, I'm just, I'm not even going to try. And then knowing that I had to kept me on that banister. I was like, I can't leave. I can't move. I can't think there are so many things going through my mind. I am paralyzed. Yeah. And that is the experience that I had to go through in order to learn a few key lessons. I had to leave you. Remember that, bro? Like you you're left like, dude, me. Yeah, yeah, you did. It was you ten. Had, it was ten minutes when yeah. you left me. We were over there. We were over there for like another five. Yeah, but you had to be like, dude. I just, I have, and you. I had to leave you alone. I was like, all right, man. Exactly. Yeah, and it, like I said, oftentimes embarrassing stories. But this is this is exactly why we have the name. Speak to the experiences because we we can talk about the experiences of not being on point. I mean. Uh, we often don't see people, let me back up. We often see people like as they are today and it's, wow, uh, I am, I am tripling, I am tripping over my words right now. Just thinking about it. (laughs) Um, we see people as they are today. We don't see how they were. And so we kind of judge them or understand them as they are today and so it's difficult to see how they used to struggle with something that you struggled with but they made it through Uh and you never learned how and being on the other side of that i mean we saw this mitch and i uh when we were working on becoming life coaches we were going out we'd already spent a year on our little project before we came across chris and Devin, who were exactly I mean, exactly where we were the year before. And it was perfect because we could relate to all the issues that they had, all the struggling that they had. Uh, And then we can pinpoint exactly what helped us get past those same sticking points. That was really fun. It was a lot of fun, dude. I still can't get past. We were, we were in front of the Microsoft store at one of the malls and we were doing the just dance 
uh, yes. with a connect there, which was a yeah. lot of fun. But we're doing it out here in a public space. It's uh, me and Mitch, Chris and Devin. So there's four of us. So we're doing Walk This Way by Run DMC. And by the time we finish the song, there's applause, clapping from all around us. There were people on the other side of the TV in front of us. There were people behind us. There were people up on the second floor looking over the railing. That was really cool. Yeah. Chris, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was actually Devin. Devin was the shy one. Devin, like, disappeared for a while. He was so embarrassed. He's like, holy shit, I'm not used to, like, that many people staring at me. Like, this is crazy. I can't do it. But, yeah, it, it was an amazing experience. And it was something that, like, again, a year prior to, neither of us, you or I, Mitch, like, would have even thought that's where we would have been. Nope. <clears throat> but I love I dude, at the mall. One of my I, one of my favorite things out of that entire experience, man, has been my best friend's growth. Uh, I mean, I mean, you could probably say the same thing. I've probably chiseled down a lot, and but I know that you've grown a lot. And oh, you've grown a lot too. I I just I love it, man, because people people don't know that you struggle with like empathy, and now that you have like these superpower empathy skills, <clears throat> it's not all flashy. It's not all like you know like ooh, but. I give you a hug and I'll sit down and I'll listen to you. And that's mostly, and you taught me at a base level, dude, that that's all people need. Yeah. Right. That's really all people need is like, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Oh, okay. That's all I needed to know. You're here. Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Oh, okay. That, that, that's it. Like people just need to make sure that like, Hey, I'm not alone. Fuck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and you, you do that very well, man. And, uh, and I, <sighs> You're like a ninja, man. Like you, 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 <laughs> you focus so hard on this for so long because you, you wanted it to be better and then you made it better. And then now I love that you can actually go back and explain that to people of where we were. And, and case in point in your story, I love that where we were able to do that. Yes, the dancing and all that stuff, that was a blast. But even just talking to them and pinpointing where they were and being like and being able to just having hearing their uh, 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 what was it? Not disbeliefs, but what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Describe it. Uh, they're, they're falsivities. They, they think one thing, but it actually is, doesn't exist. Um, False beliefs. Like they, they're going to go out and just like what we thought. We thought one thing and then actually it's this way. Uh, so yeah, they're, it, misconceptions. Misconceptions. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to go to this person. Yeah, there you go. Uh, walk up. To, I'm going to say this to this person, blah, blah, blah. And actually, we would just start laughing. And they're like, what? And I'm just like, that actually happens very rarely. Go on. Watch <laughs> it. And, then, and then they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, watch this, Gavin. And like on cue, just because we were so in sync out there, too. We've yeah. worked with each other so much. It was like a partner, like just like a tennis player, like a tennis partner. Just like, all right, Gavin. And on cue and Gavin, like walk up and walk up. I was like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, hey, how's it going? And then he's like. Oh, that wasn't enough. And so the guy walks over and he's like, Hey, how's it going? And the guy's like, Hey, how's it going? And he's like, I'm Gavin. And he's like, I'm David. He's like, nice to meet you, David. And he's like, walks away. He's like, still not enough. He goes over, he walks over to another person. And he just goes, you see, most of these people won't, haven't told me to go, you know, F off, go jump off a bridge. Most of them are kindly. And then he's like, but I can keep going. We can find that one or two person that's going to tell me, let's keep going. Yeah. It's, it's. Yeah, it, it was just really fun to show them like, Hey man, we've already tested all the waters here and it's actually pretty warm. Jump in. <clears throat> yeah um i'll have to I, ha I have to say though one thing that i i think you are talented in and it's funny because after working with you for so long like 
seeing the little ins and outs and the the gears that turn behind your eyes. I would say that something you're talented in is entertaining people. And it's because you can, you know how to communicate on an emotional level. Like, so whether or not it's just talking to people or it's telling stories or it's doing stand-up comedy, like you are really good at keeping people entertained and the way that you speak, I don't know if it's part of your voice or if it's how you talk or a combination of the two, but it's the way that you speak makes people want to listen. Hmm. And so that's kind of a double whammy for you. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny, though, because after working with you for so long, I'm like, he tells the same 12 jokes. <laughs> and you know where he got those jokes? He didn't make them up himself. He stole them from stand-up. So I'm sitting over here watching like Bill Burr, and then all of a sudden I hear, where have I heard that joke before? Oh, you son of a bitch. You stole it from this stand-up special. <laughs> Listen to Chris Porter. Listen to... Uh, oh, man. Who is Fluffy? What was his name? Gabriel Iglesias. Gabriel, Gabriel Iglesias. Pablo Francisco. Like, Oh, right, but what is? Yeah, but what did you learn, sir, in that whole entire thing that I teach you? Steal shit, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I think is also another thing. Uh, Mitch does really well is he sees strengths or you know things that other people do that are successful. He's like, oh, well, I'm gonna add that to my arsenal because yeah. if you do that a lot, you just take the best things of what other people say or do. You get all of these successful bits of a yeah. puzzle you put them Good together getting successful behavior yeah that's probably and you just add thing. yourself to it now it's yours this is you what did you say so, got at replicating successful behavior yeah i actually i was going to say something about talent and hard work and stuff because i i uh i i remember because again cammy's been very good at help shaping me in the last like eight or nine podcasts um, but one of the things that I would love to say is that maybe I'm not the most talented. Maybe I'm not the most energetic. Maybe I'm not the most, I'm not the smartest. Maybe I'm not even, I don't have all, even the strongest of all qualities. But one thing that I do really well is watch my improvement, <clears throat> watch where I was and then watch where I, 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 I end up. And actually I, I prove pretty fast because I watch my, I, well, yeah, here's the other thing. You give me my behavior in front of me because we record it for two hours. And so then I study my own behavior as well as everybody else's when I listen to it for two hours. That's my kind of homework. Everybody else has research and all sorts of stuff. I'm researching the podcasts and things that I hear from you guys, like stories, little things, of little anecdotes, things like that. I steal it. And then the other thing is, is that if I like your way that you tell something or the way that you speak in a way, I start to mimic that in a way to where it sounds again, it's a, it's a more successful behavior. You're right. I actually do that a lot because <laughs> I like finding again. I love Brandon, how you said it. Uh, you can either take two years to learn, to learn how to do something, or you could just sh pull up the next to somebody that's really great at it and just like, Hey man, how do you do what you do? And they'll usually give you all the tricks in the trades of like, Hey, it took me five years to find out this little trick. And it's just like, really, can I learn that five little five year trick in two weeks? Yeah, sure. And then all of a sudden now you're like, it's stupid. You gotta ask. You'd be surprised. You just, yes. Yeah. You know what's funny is uh, I, I I get it now in like in certain video games where they're just like, what do you should you level first? It's like speech, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you can go talk to people and be like, yo, can you train me to be the best swordsman? And he's like, yeah. It's like, cool, bro. Appreciate it. <laughs> or you can just bluff and be like, I am the best swordsman. 
Oh, shit, we better not try it. You see one man carrying a sword. Oh, man, where did I hear this from? I don't even remember, but it was freaking hilarious. You see one man carrying a sword. You're like, all right, he probably doesn't know how to use it. You see a man carrying two swords. And he's like, all right, he definitely doesn't know how to use it. You see a man carrying three swords. That's a lot of weight. He's not going to carry that much weight unless he definitely knows how to use it. <laughs> yeah. So I, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, so I don't quote anime often, but something that really like stuck with me actually came from Full Metal Alchemist uh, because the, the phases of alchemy, whenever you're, you're making changes to stuff in this show is comprehension. So you need to understand the structure and the inherent properties of an object that you're manipulating, deconstruct it. So you break it down into its individual parts and then reconstruction. So you bring it back together. And that's something that I think I do very well, which makes me a very good teacher and able to identify the things that people do very well in order to digest and then regurgitate in such a way that it's a teachable moment. But then I see Mitch over here and he's like, oh, I just heard this sounded cool, but I want you to hear it the way that I hear it, not the way that it's actually said. So whenever, whenever I hear Mitch like tell a story or uh, do like a movie quote, I'm like, holy shit, that's better than the original movie. What the hell? How is that? How is that possible? Like I said, in the very beginning, when we hopped on, he was telling me about uh, to listen to the first two minutes and the last two minutes of the podcast that we made for last week and what he took away from it. And honestly, if he didn't tell me that, I don't think I would have had the same experience he did, but that goes back to what I mean. Like me, Mitch is really good at speaking on an emotional level that it's just like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about, but that sounds amazing. Like I want to go and check out like stamp collecting or something else that I probably thought was boring at some point. And I think that's just like a really, I I think it's a really powerful gift and I'm still trying to figure out where that comes from and how to do it. But it's definitely something that I would call a talent. I I think it's something that you either naturally have or inherently have, or some series of experiences gave you this, but I I think it's definitely something that's like uh, unique to you. First off, wow. <laughs> Cammy, you were going to say something? I just said boop because it got quiet. Um, well, now, man, because I, uh, now that you pointed out, I now want to go back and deconstruct like where it comes from so I can maybe find out where, where it does come from. Or maybe there's a, it's a stemmed behavior that comes from somewhere. Because when, like, when Cammy told me, like, hey, you, you talk a lot and it's because, and then she gives the flip side of it. And I was like, Oh, and then I was able to die. Like it literally helped me. Cammy, after you gave me that little, little nice, like little piece of that yin yang, I took it and I was just like, it went through my whole life and was just like, Oh, that would make a lot of sense of the reasons why I am the way I am and why I do the things I do. And it's and at the very end of it, I was sitting there going, is that something that you t- would take like the good and the bad? It's like, obviously she's, pointing it out to like, Hey, maybe shore that up that weakness a little bit to where it's like, you're not trampling over people. You're listening to people and what they say and all this other stuff. And, uh, but also is that something you like that you like letting people know that you're thinking about them? I was like, absolutely. Effing lutely. Yeah. And it's like, well, cool. Then keep doing that. But then just, you know, shore up the weakness a little bit and just 
use that as a strength. And I, now when you say that as a strength, I'm sitting there going, okay, where does that come from? <laughs> now I want to deconstruct myself and go, okay, where did that come from? Because if it is something that I could teach people, then obviously it's like, okay, where does it come from then? Is it a teachable skill? So I appreciate that, sir. Thank you. Um, and I do, I, I do love entertaining people because I love making people smile. Like this world is, this world is, can sometimes kick you in the teeth, man. So like, it's really nice to be like, Hey, everything's going to be all right. You know, they're, they're, you're in the downswing right now, but there will be an upswing soon. I promise. So, well, well so let me ask you this then. Uh, cause there's a common, uh, a common saying that you have hard work beats talent. If talent doesn't work hard, what do you mean by that? <clears throat> you could, uh, I, I, I could do go in a, a lot of different ways with this, but I love one tangent that me and Brandon went on. So I'm going to invite him and going on this tangent Ooh, with okay. me. So remember that, um, you remember that we were talking about, we, we could talk about D and D we could talk about Skyrim, okay. but, um, but basically the leveling process, right. And we were talking mm -hmm. about like, say, Hey, you're a, uh, a warrior, right. Or, uh, okay. Like, remember that? Great movie, by the way. Amazing yeah. movie. Um, but uh, say you're a warrior or you're a thief or you're an elf or whatever. So, like, say you'll get, um, and say, say the best uh, archer that you could be is if you're a elf archer with this type of, uh, you're from this land with this, and you're this race. So, therefore, you're, um, can you guys still hear me? Oh, you can't hear me. Okay. Yes. I thought you, I lost you guys. Um, and so you could be the best. So you'd be the most talented, but say you don't want to be an archer. It's like you want to go be a, uh, a warrior. It's like, well, you don't get your racial bonus as a, as a warrior though. Like you get your racial bonuses. If you would go be an archer, it's like as a warrior, you're only going to get your level cap. See the level cap to anybody is one to a hundred. That's the base. And then anything past that, just to help everybody understand the, the metaphor I'm trying to create anything past that is bonus. Right. And so say the highest you can go is like 115 or 120. And it has to do with, you know, certain aspects of your life that kind of shore up that. But what if that's not what you wanted? What if that like, and Brandon came up a really good idea where it's just like, well, what if Brandon, Brandon is uh Brandon, the giant and he wants to be a thief. And so well, Brandon, you can't be a thief, sir. You're seven feet tall. Like you can't sneak up on anybody. He's like, yeah, but I'll try really hard. He's like, Brandon. It's like, and then he brought up racial penalties. Like say you're a giant. So you get negative five to sneak. So then you're th the best you could ever be was 95. Right. Yeah. So that comes up with talent. Right. So there's that where it's like, okay, but if you never even put talent or skill into those skills and never put work into those skills, then those skills just stay dormant. You know what I mean? Like you never, uh, I'm an, I'm an elf. It's like, yeah. It's like, and you could have been the best archer in the land. Yeah. It's like, but you went and were a warrior. It's like, but you still have to put in the work for that too. So like, even if I want to be the best rogue, I have to put in the work to get the levels so I can be the best. Um, another good analogy is with like Michael Jordan. <clears throat> he was the hardest working person on that basketball team. The hardest working he pushed other people to be as great as him that's why he won six championships that's why the people after him won five four championships and have a legacy to their name like it's because he pushed so hard but if he would not be where he's at if he did not have the hard work that he put into his talent <clears throat> like if you don't put the work into the talent that you have then it just doesn't do anything for you 
Like you have to at least, I mean, Cammy, you have a talent for programming, but you still work at it every day because it's your job. So you're constantly working at it because there's the work, there's the work in it. But if you never, you're like, your talent is programming, but you're like, you know what? I'm going to go do board game making for the rest of my life or something. Or Ooh, I'm going to, I mean, that me sound, I don't know that my talent is actually programming specifically. I'm, I seem to be talented at pretty much anything I put my mind to, but like, so hit me up with that. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think maybe a more general one is what Gavin talked about a while ago with the abstract thinking. I'm really good at that. Mm. Yeah, you are um, very good at abstract thinking. Which helps in a lot of things. <laughs> Could you explain abstract thinking for us dummies? Um, uh, my question Genesis once asked me was like, you're really good at programming. Um, how would you program this milk jug that's sitting here? And I was like, well, it's an object. So you would tr- create an object called milk carton. It would have a property like pour or something. Um, and so you just like describe how you would program a a milk jug and that's something that you know why would you do that it doesn't matter um but even in the sewing thing like uh i've had to reconstruct uh old sewing books and techniques that there aren't videos for online so i can like learn how to hand sew a modern garment because that's what i want to do and so i'm like abstracting all of these techniques these old techniques for doing really antiquated style of self-stowing into a modern format. And so I'm just like, okay, well, this is the hand posture. This is the type of, of, uh, of uh, thimble that I need to use. This is the technique that I need to use to get this seam to work properly. Um, and so you can apply it in a lot of different ways. Anyway, to, sorry. To simplify it even further, abstract thinking is really just like understanding the underlying concepts in order to create something new out of them. Yeah. Say that one more time. So it's understanding the underlying concepts to create something new out of them. So a really, a really good example would be, and I know that we all had the same class in college, but it was uh, part of our critical thinking class. One of the uh, examples that I use for critical thinking is Think about all the ways, say that you inherited a junkyard, right? And you have a bunch of these broken down cars, but you want to do something with them, something useful, something that will benefit the community. And so your idea is to create a park off of all of these used car parts. What are different ways that you can use car parts to create a park or a playground area? And so this is where you're thinking, okay, A car. Well, what are the parts of a car? Well, you have the hood of a car, you have tires, you have seats, you have uh, different metal components inside of it, you have the engine. Some things are going to be more useful than others, but what if we take uh, the hood of a car, the hood of a car, it's flat. Well, what if we bend a few of those and stamp them together and then we can make a slide out of it? Or what if we take the tires and we make a, a swing out of it? Or make uh, the, the rubber mulch that kids can walk on so that they don't fall and hurt themselves on a hard ground. They have a softer place to land. Well, if that's the case, man, then I would say that you're pretty decent at abstract thinking too. Um, oh, case, in point, case in point for, and I think that's the reason why you, you and Cammy kind of like the dialogue between you because you guys 
challenge each other in ways of looking at things differently and it intrigues your mind. And so when you're able to look at things in a different way, it's actually fun. Like, oh, that's that's more more information than I had before. That is actually cool. And one of the case in point stories was uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I loved how I had seen that movie. I had watched that movie and I've seen the pop culture references, but it wasn't until you showed me something different. Like, hey, here's a movie you've seen, but let me show you something different that you probably didn't see. Is that a good form of abstract thinking? Is that a good metaphor? It's like here, I'm going to I'm going to change the way you look at something. And have you look at it a different way? It's a paradigm shift. Yeah, yeah, that's abstract thinking, but uh, it's being able. Paradigms are a type are a type of abstract thinking. Okay, I guess shift paradigms at least, but I guess that's how I'm understanding it. So, so to answer your question, yes, that is a form of abstract thinking. Um, I would say the thing that Cami and I are really good at is identifying components and putting them together, not changing the way that you view a thing. So, uh, like a sandwich. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like a sandwich. Like I think actually this will be, this will be a good question for Brandon. Uh, I was joking around with a, a engineer friend of mine. We're like, Hey, we're engineers. Like we can engineer anything. Brandon, how would you make a waterproof sandwich that you can eat in the shower? Waterproof sandwich? Ooh, I know you're sold on the idea, but I want you to invent well, this idea too. I uh well I don't mind I I like eating in the shower. I mean I don't do it because it's hard. Yeah, because you don't have a waterproof hour. sandwich. <laughs> yeah. But what would you I, need to change in order to make the sandwich waterproof? You'd have to get rid of the bread, but you still have to have something to wrap the sandwich in. Oh you could Mm. Is it cheating if the sandwich is in something and you just like in a bag and then the whole thing has to be waterproof? Mm. No, because this is there's a one has part to be waterproof and edible. Okay. So so one of the ideas that we came up with was what if you took like iceberg lettuce and made it a wrap? Ah, uh, okay. So your my brain already went keto. there. <laughs> I wouldn't use lettuce. I would use um like eggs or something because you can use you can make uh, bread like things out of eggs that are pretty much immune to moisture and so you could use that and have and keep your sandwich form because as soon as you move to the lettuce wrap you're changing the form from a from a sandwich to a to like a more like a burrito and then at that point you might as well just make a thin like crepe like egg situation and wrap it into a burrito yeah but you get the idea right yeah like, sorry all right, what, what are the components <laughs> of the sandwich and then what do we need to change like what if your cheese gets soggy it's like well what if we inject the cheese into like a chicken thigh yeah. and so, so you have to start thinking a little creative uh creatively Ooh, better in order to come up with like different ideas and concepts but kind of tying it back to the theme of tonight uh hard work and talent i think the reason I'll, I'll at least I'll at least be able to speak for me. I can't speak for Cami, but one of the reasons why I'm able to think in such an abstract way is, believe it or not, I didn't used to. Um, what actually started doing it for me wasn't programming, but it was struggling through other like class subjects when I was in junior high and high school. Is because Ooh, okay. okay, this isn't making sense to me, but. If I do this, do this, and do this, then it does make sense to me. And it's interesting because it got me in trouble uh, pretty often. So uh, a, a good example would be like in mathematics, like logarithms. 
the only way that I understood logarithms was uh, x to the y equals z is the same as log base x of z equals y. And so I'm just shuffling. I take the exact same numbers. I just shuffle them around. And now I can take uh, a formula and turn that into a logarithm. Or I can take a logarithm and turn that into a formula. This is something we had to do in like pre-calculus and college algebra uh, in high school. And I got in trouble because the teacher would ask, she's like, Gavin, you need to show your work. I'm like, there is no work. Like, it's all done in my head. She's like, that's bullshit. I'm going to hold you after class. And then she did. She quizzed me on all of the logarithm questions in the math textbook, in the back of the book, and the ones without the answers. And I was just like, this answer. Okay, what's this and this? This answer. Okay, what's this and this? This answer. She's like, well, you need to show your work next time. I was like, I have no work. Like, this is the formula that I have. If there's some other magic mumbo jumbo going on, I don't know what it is. I can't articulate it. I just see this and it turns into this and that's all I got. Uh, and so because I got in trouble, I had to like really explain how I got to certain things. Uh, English was another example where there were a lot of things like I'm really bad at reading, especially like reading novels. Uh, but there were a lot of things that I had to explain why I didn't understand it or explain how I understood it. Uh, and so that forced me to have to have the question. I had the answer. I didn't have an in-between, but I had to find the in-between from the question to the answer and how I got to that answer and why I think that answer is correct and why that answer is correct. And so it was basically me having to reverse engineer my own thought process and be like, well, it's because of this and then because of this and then because of this, therefore this. And so that's how I was able to, to abstract things. And that's why I think I'm good at abstracting things. And that's why I think I'm really good at teaching is because it's like, hey, I used to struggle with this too. Here's how I got past it. And here's what made it even simpler for me. I'm terrible at teaching, but I will say that as far as how I got good at abstract thinking, uh, I'm being totally honest. It was because I slept with a bunch of people that were far my senior when I was a kid and I had to like learn to like break them down and understand everything about them by just like, you know, what they were saying, how they were talking about things because I needed to know like, was this safe? Am I going to get caught? And this isn't, you know, just like, I don't know, all of those things go into it. So it, I guess I got to it from a social perspective, so I never had to write it down. Probably why I'm terrible at teaching, but um, yeah, I'm I don't hearing, know. I got good at breaking people down. What I'm hearing is that Cami is a succubus. Yeah, I want to be a succubus if I could be. Things through sex. That's true. <laughs> that's completely true. <laughs> that, that, that's the that's the, uh, the 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 bottom. Oh, wait, how many learning languages? You got your wish. You're a succubus. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to be a succubus. I've never been called one, so that's cool. There you go. How many uh, learning languages are there? I don't know. Is Literal... one of them? Yeah, I was going to say that's the, the, the extra one. Learning languages. There's kinesthetic, like... there's visual, and there's auditory. Okay, Why do I know more... that? What the hell? Nice. <laughs> I'm a kinesthetic learner. I have to watch people do what they do um because i yeah i'm i'm like watching 
Well, you guys just said it. Like I'm watching how to do something and observing very well. And I guess that's how I do it is I, I break it apart and then try to put it back together. Yeah. I'm, I'm kinesthetic as well, but I have to do it once. Mm -hmm. Me too. And then I get the, uh, the muscle memory from it pretty quickly. (laughs) That's why I'm really good at directions. Brandon, why are you laughing? What are you laughing? <laughs> Brandon, why are you laughing? <laughs> I want to hear what you're saying. Wait, what's the joke, sir? I want to hear it. Well, I'm not saying anything. I'm just thinking. I know. What are you thinking, Brandon? And your thoughts are hilarious. What are you thinking about? No, no, no. It's, it's... I don't know. <laughs> It's it's probably not as funny as I think it is. <laughs> That's all right. Um, remember how I remember how you say that I I laugh and then I tell the joke and then I laugh again. You're doing that, yeah. sir. You're you're laughing and then you're not well, telling us the joke and I, then you're I, laughing um, again. I uh I I am not being myself because I I'm worried that my headset will uh well, not unmute. Stuck, yeah, yeah. So I do this a lot where I'm just like thinking or just talk i'm sorry uh uh, i'll keep that in mind well brandon and the other thing the reason why that the last podcast was such a hit was because you didn't keep some of your thoughts to yourself and it's hilarious and entertaining remember sir you are i know i know that they say that i'm i'm an entertaining guy but i need you too to like you know shuck a jive off of so when you're laughing hey what are you laughing about dude watch out brandon mitchell steal your jokes (laughs) Yeah, he's just trying to get you no. to open up so he can take all of your stuff. Exactly. exactly. No, well, we seeing. I need to experience it. Where we just left off, we're talking about like sex. So I was like, like no, 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 no. You understand? I, I need to experience this. So get off. Let, let me go. <laughs> this is my girlfriend. I know, but I, I need to do it myself. <laughs> no, no, no. I need, I need to understand how this shit works. <laughs> I need. I know she's your girlfriend, but I'm learning too. Yes. Brandon, why are you even she... here? <laughs> so I was like thinking of like scenarios like that where like someone's like, you don't know that? Yeah, but I always wanted to know. So, okay, well, I- I'll show you. Like, okay, so this is the form. It's like, okay, cool, cool. So get off. <laughs> it's like, what, what do you mean? I, I gotta try. <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh, Love Just Don't Cost a Thing uh, with Nick Cannon and. I think it was, I don't remember who else was in it, but it was basically like the dad being really awkward, like trying to teach the son about sex. And the son's like, I don't want to learn about this shit. Like, please stop making me put condoms on bottles. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a good skill to learn. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it is. You, you gotta, you gotta be quick and talented and make sure that it's on right. On a bottle though? The girth. I know. I I mean, if you can relate, it's fine. If you can't, then I can see how it's awkward. If you're shaped like a bottle, I have concerns. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not going to be that. You don't put it on the whole bottle, just like the tip of the bottle. I mean, you can put it on the whole bottle. There was. uh, I mean, it gets thick later on. (laughs) So, so my ex girlfriend was talking. Why do they call you tip? Oof. Oof. Well, I'm waiting. Doesn't matter what you say next, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. You were talking, Gavin? Yeah, uh 
I, I got a quick story and then I'm going to bring it back to the topic at hand. So okay. the quick story is like my ex-girlfriend, she was talking about uh, teaching sex ed in Namibia. And well, there, there's some guys out there that would be like, oh, I'm too big for a condom. And she's and so one of her students asked her that in class, like as she's teaching sex ed. And she's like, oh, they said they're too big for a condom. So she just takes out a condom, like unrolls it and shoves her whole arm in there. And all the kids, like their faces are like, oh, no. She's like, yeah, he's not too big for this. If he's bigger than this, you got other problems. <laughs> um, so bringing it back to the topic at hand, because uh, we have a little bit of time left. We have about, we, we have about 15 minutes or so left. Uh, there, there's a big question that I really want to ask everybody. Okay. Uh, just kind of round this out. Why do you think that people are so attracted to talent than noticing the hard work that it takes to get there? And I want to start with Brandon. What do you think? In what way? I mean, like, like fan base? Like, you think because I'm thinking of like myself attracted to talent no no, no. let let him let yeah. his word track go no, keep going Brent. i want to hear i want to hear your brains going so i'm i like checking myself being attracted to someone with talent i mean the, i'm taking to something that i know which is work um what I, what i like is when i can uh hear someone who is is that talent though? Because that's hard work. Um, so, so the question is, why do you think that people are uh, attracted to to the idea of talent? Like it's just this innate ability that somebody has, instead of mm. thinking about the hard work that they had to go through behind it. Uh, you think of like Michael Jordan. Uh, oh, he's talented. It's like yeah, but you also didn't see him shooting free throws like every night for 20 years kind of thing. So why, why do you think it is we're so attracted to the, to talent or the idea of talent uh, instead of the, the hard work that it takes to get to where you want to be? Oof, that is hard. Can I interject I'm, on that? Yeah, go yeah. for it. I, so I feel, I feel like the framing of this question is, is uh, maybe off because like from a business perspective, you want people that are talented because talent brings successful uh, sales. Uh, it brings successful output in the business. But on a personal level, for me, if um, I'm more interested in someone's level of passion, and I know that talented people usually have passion for whatever they're talented in, and so that's usually correlated. But if they're talented in something and you know that and they have zero passion for anything in their life, it's not attractive in any way. Agreed. Yeah. So I don't know if it's more the correlation between passion and talent than it is the idea of talent itself. Like people want to be talented, but they think they don't have talent, which is kind of a misnomer because the talent is something that you build. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's my. No, I think that's I think that's really good because that that actually ties into uh, one of my big takeaways. There was a uh, a TED talk that I came across where it was basically this woman talking about 
trying this experiment and she was blogging about it too, trying this experiment of like, Oh, here's the, the 32 questions that uh, you can ask anybody and it'll make them fall in love with you. And she would go out and she would talk to strangers and she would ask them these questions and she would blog about it. And one of the strangers actually, they wound up dating uh, for a while and because it was on her blog, people were asking like, Oh, are you still together? And that question really bothered her because it didn't matter whether or not they were. It was, why are so many people interested in this relationship that they have no insight into? And so the rest of her TED Talk is basically talking about the, the purpose of the questionnaire and uh, the results that she had and the failures or uh, imagined failures that people had taking the same questionnaire and not winding up in a relationship. And it, it made her realize, and this is kind of the, the, the main crescendo of the talk itself, is that people fall in love with the idea of a magic formula. They don't fall in love with, oh, well, you need to build this connection. You need to put in this work. You need to do these things. It's just, yeah, I flipped on a switch and it worked. And they, they just gravitate to that. And so the... The question is basically like, why did we gravitate to this like secret formula or this magic pill approach than actually doing the work that it takes to get there or even acknowledging the work that it takes to get there? Because it's easier to say to, oh, uh, you just have to put a lot of hard work in and you could be here too. Because then that, that gives people no excuse to be there as well. Right? Like it's also a little bit of shame, uh, like people. So if you're working on a skill and you're trying to become talented at it, you're not going to show everybody how mm -hmm. shitty you are yeah. while you're doing it. You're, you're a little bit ashamed of that. And so you're going to do things that make that hard or in or almost invisible. And other people, when they see you failing at something, they're going to feel that like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, shame for other people. I forget there's a word for it, but uh, you kind of feel that through transference uh, to some degree and so i don't know i think i think it might be tied to that why why it's not um something that i don't know works as a i don't know how to no no, no but, way. but but i would love to take that this way where um that's why certain people don't come outside their comfort zone because of that feeling yeah uh <laughs> so yeah. That, and that's where Gavin talks about all the time or have courage, you know, because here's what I learned to be uh, to be where you want to be as far as any in any skill level or talent. Um, you're going to have to look like a jackass first. You're going to look dumb because you don't know what you're doing. You're going to have to fail. You have yeah. to start at level one. You're going to have to start at level one, you know, and you're going to look stupid doing it. But eventually you catch on. But you have to go through that fear of looking stupid and feeling shameful for looking stupid. And it's like, hey, but I'm trying. And I think if we had a lot more encouragement of saying, hey, when people are in that type of. We don't we don't automatically fear their shame and just like want to steer away from them. We instead we see them fall over and we walk over and we pick them up. You know who I learned that from? Brandon. So it's like um, and and I, I really want to go off of what you said, Gavin, uh, really fast. Uh, how yeah, you said the how it's hard work. 
and the years that it took to get all the way up to that point. Um, case in point, I'll talk about uh, my relationship real fast, where it's like, you know, uh, just to be able to have uh, the wherewithal and the courage and the uh, finesse to ask for my my girl's number um, took two years of going out and hanging out with my buddy and basically throwing spaghetti at a wall for two years and figuring it out. Like being able to do that smoothly and then knowing how to move along in the date process just long enough to get her to understand that I'm a weird dork at the very end of it all. I'm just a weird dork that, you know, wants to love her. And, uh, and once she finally realized that, but that's all it really was, was just, I got really good at presenting myself, but it took a lot of hard work to get there to where now I, I do feel like communication and, and all that is, is a talent of mine that I've worked really hard for. It's a really strong skill, but I had to work at it to be able to fine tune it, to actually, you know, be it strong in the world. And if I never would have done that, then I wouldn't have it. Same thing with, I think with Brandon, where he talks about like, again, he is a very uh, uh, easygoing as far as like extroverted person. And it's very easy to draw people in, but if he decided to just be like now and he just like stayed inside and was a hermit for like three years, <clears throat> he'd lose a lot of that social skills because again, we learned it's like a muscle um, and he's losing his talent. It's, it's, it's atrophying. And if you don't practice with it and work with it every single day, then again, it just, I, I feel you're actually doing a disservice to the world because I feel that everybody has a gift inside of them. Brandon and I learned this from a very great, uh, good talk by Dr. Miles Monroe, rest in peace. Um, and that your, I feel your, your whole job in life is to find what that gift is. It's always inside of you, just FYI, and then show it forth, give it out, and then give it away free till people come along and say they want to pay you for your gift. And so <clears throat> when you finally find what that talent is, when you finally find what that gift is, uh, like Brandon has learned, get, he talks about it all the time and it's a huge revolution for him. Um, but give it out. And, uh, and, but because here's the thing you're learning when you give it out, you're also starting at level one and you're learning how to like fine tune it and get it better to where eventually when you're finally at that level hundred, you can at the, at, at the very end of like, and Brandon always talks about experience and, and, uh, and leaving it for the next generation, you can show other people when you reach that level 100 or 110 or whatever the metaphor is, when you finally reach that master level, you can give it back to the world and show everybody else how to get there too. And what me and Gavin learned was you could help people cut years off of their, their time by just giving them the little, like the little nuggets, you know? So that's my two cents. Yeah. And you can't, you can't just do it for them. Like you can show them the way, but it really takes them to, you can show them the door, but they have to walk through it is basically what it comes down to. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny too, because as you were talking, uh, and this didn't necessarily have anything to do with what you were saying, but it was just something that really came to mind. And I, I, I had to, to put it out there is I have this, every time I see these ads for like, the secret to texting her, getting her number, the secret to becoming irresistible uh, and making you want her. Like every time I see those ads, I just think in my mind, like what if it actually worked? Like what, what if it actually worked 
and you were uh, the hands in your pocket, shy Ronnie type introvert. Oh, it was okay. very quiet, and <laughs> you, you you just were really bad at social skills. But you did the one secret to make her want you, and now you have this hot woman sitting next to you, and you can't have a conversation with anybody. Yeah. Like, it's just the funny things that pop into my head about that. But yeah, uh, it, everything that you were saying, Mitch, I, I, I totally agree with. Yeah. And I think that's what makes us different. Yeah. Anybody uh, have anything to add? <laughs> no, I was just thinking about my boyfriend is really bad at social interactions and it's pretty obvious, but I like know that and understand that about him. So I'm like, I find it endearing, but, uh, yeah, I got distracted with that thought. (laughs) (laughs) Glad I could distract the succubus. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, so I think this is probably a good point to end it. I have a, an outro unless anybody else has anything they want to chip in with. Um, I no, actually, I think this is good. All right. Awesome. So Mitch, that was pretty powerful. Uh, we'll end with that. So for now, I want to thank all the listeners that stuck with us this far. I hope you learned something or you've been inspired. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time, but for now I'm Gavin, Brandon, Cammy, and Mitch. Good night. Gig son. Good night. Later. <laughs>